All right, by a, by a show of hands, who, who's looking forward to the new Avengers movie coming out? Well, I would have to put my hand halfway up. I mean, you know, sort of, yeah. Okay, so I can see there's a good amount of that looking forward to that. Now, um, who is your favorite superhero out of like the Avengers or maybe all the comic books or movies? Who's your favorite superhero? What? Thor? I hear Thor. Iron Man. Captain America. Yeah, I just, yeah, I like Captain America. And, um, well, of course, uh, none of those answers is right because the, the best superhero of all is Spider-Man. So, I mean, <laughs> so that's, that's known, of course. Um, so, but who do you follow? Who do you follow? You know, who's your favorite superhero? Now, the, uh, any superhero is super because, and, and we can relate, or we like them, because they have these superpowers, and in the end, somehow they give up their life in some way for, for others. Who does that point to? Jesus. So any true superhero is, is like Jesus, but that's for another homily. What I want to talk about is how it seems like when, when Hollywood is, uh, is choosing actors and actresses for these roles, and for not just for superheroes, but for other movies as well, it seems like they have to find the, uh, the perfect uh, person who looks, you know, great physique, no flaws in the body, and so we're going to choose them. doesn't necessarily matter if they can act well, but we're going to choose them. I'm thinking of a specific example of, uh, the, you know, the Superman movie that came out recently. Now, maybe the fellow who plays Superman didn't have a good script, so maybe it's not his fault, all right? So, but I, he was chosen because of his looks, right? Because he looked the part for, for Superman. Now, I read an article on that, and he doesn't actually look like that most of the time. He had to get to that point by going on this special diet, and the special regimen for like six months. Then he could look the part for a few weeks, and then he could go back to regular life. So that's how he got to that, to that point. So I remember talking to a group of people here, a group of friends, and, uh, and I was talking about this, and be like, yeah, but, but can he act? Can he act? And, and, and some of the women in groups said, Father, but he's so adorable. <laughs> I mean, he's so cute. Yeah. But can he, can he act? Well, Father, that's not the point. He, he, he looks the part. And, and then they said to me, these ladies, they said, well, Father, you're just jealous. You know? <laughs> and my response to that was, well, yes, but that's not the point. <laughs> I mean, Amy Adams, she's cute and she can act. It can be done. It can be done. But anyway, that's a whole other issue. And we can go to Hollywood as well, TV, entertainment, sports, you know, the things that we see in the magazines or on TV, a lot of times what we see is the final product, right, in which is airbrushed, in which is computer generated or changed a little bit or totally makeup, uh, lights, everything else, so their bodies appear perfect but they're not, or they surgically change their body so they appear a certain way. You can apply this uh, to, 
to business as well. We follow those who have the most money, most power, most influence. Um, and in schools, grade school, high school, college, we follow those who have most athletic abilities or, or look the best. Why, why is that? Why do we actually pay attention to, to celebrities when they come out on a certain cause or whatever and say, you know, whether it be Miley Cyrus or whether it be Charles Barkley and say, because of, of this, you, you shouldn't go to this restaurant or you shouldn't go to this state because of whatever. Me, I don't care what Charles Barkley says or Miley Cyrus says. Why should I follow them? I follow the voice of Jesus Christ and I follow him through his church. We have that voice. We have that shepherd in Jesus Christ, in our Pope, Pope Francis, in our, in our church. We have this great gift. I propose that we should follow those around us in our family, our friends, in our school, in our work, those who have gone through suffering through any way, or whether it be a, a physical disability, or whether it be something in their heart, something nobody else knows, but they've experienced suffering, loss, or trial in their life. And they're not embittered now, they're not angry. They may have worked through that, may still be struggling with that, but they're, they're humble before others. They're trying to, to help others and do the right thing. They're not so caught up in their appearance, being, uh, appear to have it all together to others, but they're real, they're authentic. We should follow them, those who have a balance in their faith, in their family, in their life, because they most resemble Christ, Jesus, our good shepherd, who laid down his life for us. He has a glorified body now, he is, he is alive, he is risen, but still with wounds. You know, there's understand that in his risen body, he still has the wounds. Those wounds are for me and for you. You had the great example for many years through the, the shepherding of Cardinal George. He was, he was a good shepherd. And you heard a lot of stories about him the past, the past week. I remember uh, uh, seeing him before he was cardinal. He was just named Archbishop of Chicago, and I was a seminarian in D.C., and there was a big mass with all these bishops, and he was in line and going down, and, and he walked with a noticeable limp. And he was, seemed to be shorter than all the other bishops as well, and you know, bald, and you know, not the most, you know, you wouldn't be attracted to him in terms of his personality or his, his person. But I talked to somebody else about him and said, yes, He's a good man. He's a good man. He has a great intellect, and he, he's faithful to Christ and to the church. And we've seen that over the years, right? With his, his shepherding of the Archdiocese of Chicago, being an example, even through his suffering at the end. He showed you and me how to, how to handle adversity. You know, when he was 13 years old, he suffered from polio and um, and that's why he walked with a limp with uh, his, he had to wear that brace all of his life. I understand, someone just told me yesterday that 
that he wanted to be buried with that brace on his leg. And so he was. Because, as a sister said, um, that helped him to be humble. That helped him to be humble. What are those things in our life that help us to be humble? Or how can we find that in, in others around us? If, you, if we follow those around us who are trying to do the right thing, who don't have it all together, and they recognize that, they know that about themselves, but they're trying to live a good life. If we follow them, then in the end, we're going to be following Jesus. Because everybody who's following that path is walking the same direction. And they're walking toward the voice of the Good Shepherd. We recognize that voice that's true, that's not um, up and down with celebrities, with polls, with, uh, you know, whatever is politically correct. Jesus speaks the truth, and he speaks through the fog of this world. And he speaks with clarity. And he speaks to our hearts. The Lord is speaking to you. He's speaking to you. Will you follow him? Will you listen to him? There's many voices out there in this world. There's many people you can follow. Only Jesus will not let you down. All the other voices will lead you in different directions. If they're not of God. They will, they will let you down at some point. Jesus will never let you down. Me, I, I try to be a good shepherd. That's my role, to be, to be like Christ. But I have my own weaknesses, my own sins, my own limitations. I can't be everywhere. I can't. I can't. I mean, I, I, I try to, to be there for the parishioners, you know, we, with confession, with talking to you after Mass, with, with um, all the different activities that we do, with the sacraments, try to go to people's houses, they invite me for dinner. But we have, you know, just under 2,000 families in our parish. I can't go to everybody's house every, every week. But Jesus is always there for you. And he'll always be there for you. All you have to do is call upon him, to pray to him. Do we pray to him? Do we trust in him? Do we follow his voice? Encourage each other to follow his voice. He is a good shepherd because he laid down his life for you. He took the hit. He took the wounds for you and for me. He knows you personally better than anybody else will know you ever in your life. He knows your sins. He knows what you're going through right now, and he loves you where you're at. He loves you where you're at. Do you believe that? Do you believe this voice is calling out to you? Trust him. Follow him. Do not be afraid.